you look at our stats. Um, I haven't looked at them in a second. Let me look. We have like rounding up like 60 plays for episode three, which. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's not, that's like, I think that's good. Yeah. I think that's really good. It's definitely going up over time. Oh, that's awesome. I know. It's like, and we have almost 20 like actual reviews or yeah. Yay. I know. We have, we have 19 five star reviews. I know. So, okay, how do you want to start it off? Please stop. Hey guys, welcome back to Please Stop. It's the podcast where Chaz covers herself in oil every week and tells you about it. I'm just, I'm glistening extra today because we're recording during the daylight and I have a new fresh bottle of aquaphor. Literally the entire pod, every episode is us just talking about how gross I look. So I, I like cover, there's a serum I do. And then there's in um, Chinatown next really good massage place. There's this like little Korean grocery store and I get this lanolin moisturizer from it. And I like, I rub it in het from like just my entire upper body. Where do you? hear about this Chinatown lanolin I just I stumble my friend and I stumbled in it and I we were like looking at different products and I love it it's made my lashes grow um I don't know the name this is completely useless information people are so tired of hearing how oily I am I'm not tired of talking about it because every week it still happens like you look it's bizarre because you're really pretty like you're beautiful and like you look really good most of the time but whenever we do this you look like a drowned rat well here's the thing I would have looked cute I had a date tonight that I was really looking forward to but my hot water's out so all I and I had a hair mask in as usual so all I could do is take a cold shower and not properly wash my hair mask out so the guy was nice he was like do you want to go I can take us to like a spa situation instead and you can literally you can shower on your date. Our first date can just be you bathing. He was like, well, you can just show up with the hair mask and like I can take you to the spa. Well, I'm like, I literally need to shave my legs. Like it's like, it's, I'm not date ready. I haven't left my house in the last two days just working on school and like being reclusive because I, I had like, I had a very fun weekend. Um, but I, we're just going to postpone it. But I figured, okay, I washed myself enough. I might as well just do my oils and everything, and this is it. I might change my mind and still go. I just feel like it's already, half the day is already almost over. Yeah, don't show him your nasty legs that aren't shaved yet. I, I would do the spa thing, but I, that means I would have to show all of my body hair, which is out of control at the moment. Or I could show up with the remnants of the hair mask still in and go to dinner. Either way, it's just not that serious. Like, I'm happy. And I would just go to dinner with the hair mask in. Then you get dinner. Yeah, but I have something every night this week, and I don't want to burn out. Yeah, that's good. That's really important. It's awful when you have, like, too many things lined up, and you're just like, I I don't have a night for me. I need a night for myself. That's important. So I'm noticing your mic is... It, it Now, the more you talk, it is different. It's annoying. A little bit. So guys, just bear with Katie's mic. She is in Austin. 
I'll let now I'll just dive right into that. I'm going to take you guys through the last like 48 hours of my of my life here. Um, so I was in I was on vacation last week over the weekend. I went to Tulum in Mexico. It was absolutely beautiful. And the end of the world happened to Texas. I don't know if you guys have heard the news this week about Texas. It's bizarre because it feels like I'm living through an apocalypse on the level of, you know, like the COVID shutdowns when they first happened. Do you remember like quarantine when it first started? It's like all that consumes your brain. It is all that you're thinking about is just kind of like survival and you know, like there's lines outside of grocery stores and it's just like everything feels like very, very dire. Right. Like that feeling of happening in Texas and nowhere else in the country right now. So it's just a normal, it's a normal Wednesday in New York. Chaz happens to not have hot water, but in Texas, like no major cities have power. They've shut down our entire power grid. Like no one has electricity throughout pretty much the whole state of Texas. It's very rare if you have it. Um, lots of people, that means they don't have heat. They don't have hot water. They don't have like lights or like Wi-Fi or internet or like a way to access people or anything. It also is like this once in a lifetime freak winter storm, which like it never snows in Austin. Like it maybe has snowed like a couple of times in the last 10 years and we've gotten several inches of snow and really intense freezing rain and the infra- the infrastructure in Texas just does not exist to deal with winter and so every single road you try to drive on even through downtown like nothing's been plowed nothing's been salted they don't have salt trucks here they just they simply don't exist because this never happens and every single road you try to drive on is like at least a couple of inches thick of ice with like probably a snow blanket on top. But like you are sliding around everywhere. It's very unsafe to drive and you can't like, you can't do anything because no one has power. It's just so weird because my Austin trip isn't until March, but hopefully we'll have power by then. They're saying we might not have it until next Wednesday, which is a full week. Well, it's just strange because Austin's been my safe space my warm little meeting ground from my escape from New York and now it's like we've switched places like I don't have hot water from an internal issue in my building so there was a leak or something and it'll be on probably in a few hours but it's really sunny outside like it's the 180 is beyond strange and then to go from Tulum back to complete winter blizzard chaos it's weird. Yeah, complete chaos. So I was in Mexico. We knew this storm was coming. We didn't really know what the impact of it was be like the power hadn't been shut down or anything. We were just like, okay, there's like a winter storm coming. That was all we knew. And our flight was in two different legs. So we had a connection in Dallas. Um, We were flying from Cancun to Dallas, then Dallas to Austin. And our flight from Dallas to Austin just got canceled because of the storm. So we were like, we know We can't get to Austin, but we figured at least like we wanted to be in the U.S. We wanted to get to Texas if we could. If that flight to Dallas was going to go, we wanted to be on it because of what we both do for work. And I have cats and I just like I wanted to like make sure that they were going to be okay. And so we got on the flight. We got to Dallas. However, when we got there, what we didn't know was while we had been, you know, like in Mexico, essentially, 
all of this stuff had happened in Texas. There was ice everywhere. Nothing, you know, nothing was salted. Nothing was plowed. So no one's driving. There's no Ubers. There's no, you know, there's no like cars at that point um, because everyone had kind of run into the same problem. And then on top of that, the entire city of Dallas like was in a blackout and didn't have power and it's negative 12 degrees outside. It was so cold. We hadn't packed coats. We hadn't packed jackets. Like there was nothing and it was just freezing and we're stuck at the Dallas airport and we just figured, you know, when we land, we'll just rent a car. We'll drive to Austin. No big deal. However, because this was happening to everyone, not just people at the airport, not just people whose flights were impacted, but no one had power. There were no hotels. There were no car rentals because everyone was trying to get out the same way that we were. We waited in this like two and a half hour line at the car rental place at the airport. And we were literally next in line. We were right there at the counter waiting to talk to somebody. And they came out and they made an announcement and they were like, hey, we're not honoring any reservations that have been made in the last 24 hours. There are no cars left. And even if we were to get you a car, it would be five hours until we could give it to you. Um, So we're freezing. The airport is so cold because they weren't like heating it at that point. They're trying to conserve power. So we don't have coats. It was so cold. It was like impossible to think when you're that cold. It was, I mean, wild. I've never experienced anything like this in my life. And we did not know what to do. I mean, we didn't have a car. We didn't have a place to stay the night. We were just like kind of starting to come to terms with the fact that like, okay, we might have to just like sleep on the floor in this cold airport and shiver through the night and try to figure it out tomorrow, even though tomorrow we're in the exact same situation. But we got super lucky. And one of my friends ended up, kind of doing the opposite thing that we had done. She went to Dallas instead of Austin because she was supposed to fly out to Colorado for the weekend. And her flight from Austin had been canceled, but they just last minute booked one out of Dallas because they were like, okay, flights are going out of Dallas. We're going to get there. So they drove that night to Dallas from Austin. You know, it took them like way longer than usual because the roads were terrible, but they went really slow, really careful get to Dallas. They had booked a hotel room that morning before everyone's flights had landed and the whole city had lost power. And so they had a hotel room and they were able to take us to their hotel and we got to, you know, sleep on their little grimy airport hotel couch. So we didn't have to sleep in the airport, thank goodness. Um, And then the next morning, you know, kind of same deal. We just waited in an hours long line in a freezing little car rental place outside of a different airport because there were still none in Dallas. Um, But we were able to get an Uber and waited in that line and got a car, made it to Austin. Um, But now the whole city of Austin doesn't have power and you know, everything is just apocalyptic. There were, there was a line outside of the grocery store that was like a mile long this morning. I saw a video of it. I get what you mean about it giving you flashbacks to when like, toilet paper was out of stock on Amazon and everywhere. And like, but my biggest concern from afar is like people trying to seek warmth by means of like sitting in their car, like Austin, people have houses, they have garages. And I was reading the news earlier and how there's been they, a family died. Yeah, carbon monoxide poisoning. They were trying to get warm in their car. Like, this is life-threatening at this point. It's really, it's very scary. Right. It's like, do you choose hypothermia or do you choose carbon monoxide? Like, yeah. like I'm so 
happy right now to be in a place that has heat and power. But even still, like it's very, very cold in here because Austin buildings aren't really insulated. Well, why would it be? Exactly. Because this never happens here. And so like, it's like, it's still like, I'm sitting under a blanket right now. It's pretty cold in this apartment. And we're just trying to conserve power as much as we can, because we have it, you know, we want to like help get it to other people as quickly as possible. But people are dying because they're, they will freeze. I, uh, I also, I don't know, there's like all these idiots on Twitter, like Katie and I are clearly liberal Democrats. But there's all these Democrats attacking Texas saying they deserve it because they're a red state and it's disgusting. Oh, I haven't even seen that. I haven't been on Twitter at all. I've just been like... I would stay off of it. It's just very infuriating and it's completely inappropriate and all uncalled for. Whatever your political beliefs, no one deserves to be suffering in the cold. In Texas, everyone's saying they should be prepared. Why should they be prepared? They never have winter storms. Their money, their funding goes to things that make sense on a more regular basis. People are just wanting to get on their soapbox for whatever reason out of boredom. But as someone whose best friend is living through this hellhole, shut the fuck up. Keep your (laughs) negative opinions to yourself. If you want to do anything, go donate to someone or figure it out. But like, yeah, give a blanket to a homeless person. I mean, that is a whole different problem in Austin, which like I certainly don't have the yeah, answer. To. That's what I was thinking. Like, Austin's homeless community is unlike no other. Like, you would think it's bad in New York. Austin's is, I would almost say, more. Yeah, having lived in both places, like I lived in New York for ten years, like don't have a problem at all with the homeless people in New York. The Austin situation is very intense. Yeah. It's very dangerous. But where are all those people? I have no idea. We drove by, there's like, I don't know if you, if you've never been to Austin, there are like tent cities throughout downtown. And there's a couple really close to my building, my apartment building. So we drove by there when um, we got into Austin and you just see these, te- I mean, it's these tents that are just covered in snow and ice, like tarps battened down over them. And I was like, I can't imagine if there's a person inside there. Like, that is terrifying. And the city has like warming centers set up for people and all of that. But I, I mean, I don't know what resources they have to get that information. I have no, I assume like they must know about it. And if they want to go there, they can. This is just, it, this is the craziest thing I've lived through. Like having now lived through many historically significant events, I'm tired of doing this shit. But this one, to me, is the craziest. I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad the cats are okay. Even Pepper. I really miss them. I wish they were here. Guys, usually the cats are just here and making a bunch of noise, and they're so annoying when we record. But they're not here today, and I really miss them. But they are safe and warm. They're at a friend's house. So, okay, all is well for now with you, personally, not for the rest of Texas, hoping for the best, wishing them the best, donating when possible. We're doing all the things we can. Um, But on a more positive note, how is Tulum? I still need to tell my Tulum story. (laughs) Oh, my God. Tulum was beautiful. You know, this is like such a serious episode I feel like it's turning into. Tulum is really, really different than it used to be. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember ever having this situation there. I've been to Tulum quite a few times on like girls trips and stuff. This was a trip with my boyfriend and it was just 
so different. Tulum feels a lot a lot more dangerous than it used to. And like from a crime standpoint or from a COVID standpoint? No, from a crime standpoint. And it, I mean, we had heard before we went there that the cartel was supposed to be like much worse than usual in Tulum, which usually that's not a concern at all in Tulum. You go to Tulum, you're there to party, how yeah. you, you meet people, like you get in strangers' cars, like you go to all the bars, like you go to Tulum to party. And before we left, we had friends who had just come back from there and they were like, oh, just make sure you're really careful. Like somebody got shot at this bar last night and it's like a super popular bar that everybody goes to. It's all over Instagram, like a really, really popular bar in Tulum. And they were like, yeah, somebody just got shot there. Like it was cartel related and it's nowhere in the news. Could be full of shit. But like what I've heard is that the Mexican government is trying to like keep a lock on news like this getting out because they don't want to hurt the tourism industry. Well, at this rate, I mean, it, yeah, people are trying to, to overcompensate mm-hmm. for lost t- tourism. Exactly. COVID's been hard on everybody, but I think it did, like, potentially give the cartel, like, an in to get into these places where they weren't a problem before. But every single place we went, like, we, you know, we go to nice hotels, we go to nice beach clubs. There were armed guards with, like, bulletproof vests on the beach, like five feet away from us, like keeping keeping us safe. They were there to protect us. But just the fact that that's necessary at all in Tulum was really like eye-opening and it didn't ruin the trip at all. Like we had a beautiful time. We went to lovely dinners, but you can't do the things that you like usually do in Tulum. Like we didn't stay out past like 8 or 9 p.m. most nights. That's... We didn't go to the bars hardly at all. Like we went during the day a little bit, but even then, like we were walking down the road in broad daylight, a truck full of machine guns drove past us on that beach road. I have friends going soon. Probably fine. And like, I hope they have a great time. And if we had gone out again, it probably nine times out of 10 would have been fine, but you don't want to be that 1% of person that was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And you just end up shot. I mean, well, did you hear what's going on in New York? No, happening. Well, I'm, my friends all make fun of me, call me cheap. I think I'm very cost efficient by not Ubering or taking lifts. I walk or I take the subway as much as I can. The amount of money. Cars are so slow in New York. Right. I think it's way more efficient on, on foot than a car a lot of the times, especially with the ice roads and the snow. So I constantly take the train at all hours of the night. Maybe I'm pressing my luck. Since COVID, there's been a lot less people on the trains and a lot of our homeless community in New York suffers from very severe mental health issues most of the time. And they don't have resources to support them. And it's cold outside. So a lot of them are on the train and a lot of them are can get a little aggressive. Like I had a guy light a cigarette on the train. Nothing big, not, not a big deal. But the same night I was commuting back home, I was going to take the A for whatever reason, I did not. And the A train, that was the night the stabbings took place. Granted, I don't know which stop it was on. I'm sure I wouldn't have, I'm sure I would have been fine. But it's like there was like a serial stabber murdering people. And the Instagram account, I won't say the Instagram account because it's really gruesome, but they posted the bodies with blood everywhere. Wait, like the person who stabbed them had an Instagram and was putting 
No, no, no. Someone reported on it, but they actually posted the bodies. And I've never. My God. I've always had Citizen and Citizen will update you and show you and like tell you, alert you of the crimes. But to see it, the bodies with my own eyes, like it said, this image is graphic, but I didn't think it was going to be that. I, I didn't know what I expected. I clicked it. And like, it's legit just random people just dying of these stabbings. Apparently they arrested someone, uh, um, someone who conf- confessed, but they don't know how legit the confession is because they um, have a lot of mental health issues themselves. But um, yeah, cr- I, I believe that when you say <laughs> Tulum is a little different, I feel like everything, you just have to be more guarded, which growing up in New Orleans, I pressed my luck all the time. The crime rates there were unbelievable. And I would walk alone at night for like 30 minutes in the middle of no. I was always lucky, but I'm starting to rethink everything now. And now I guess I'll rethink Tulum. I mean, it was really sad because, of course, you go to Tulum and you want it to be an amazing time. And, you know, we wanted to have such a fun trip and we had all these great plans. But when you get there, it just doesn't feel worth the risk, like at all. And I love Tulum. I've been to Tulum several times, but at this point, like, it wasn't really like a relaxing vacation. You know, you couldn't really let your guard down and breathe and just relax and have a good time and not think about it because it was constantly like right in front of you being reinforced by like all of these guns that are never at the beach. Like I've never seen anything like that. And it. You've been more than me. I only went the one time, um, my pregnancy time. Still have to tell that story. What are you talking about? Do you remember? So, okay. Eric and I were to talk about mommy milkers again. We will. We can bring it up, mommy milkers. Eric and I went to Tulum last February. The best trip we've we've traveled a lot together. Best trip we've ever been on. We went deep sea fishing and both got like violently seasick. It was hilarious. Like in between throwing up and like crying, we're like laughing our asses off. But I threw up a total of like nine times. We, and it sucked because you go catch your fish and then you go back to the restaurant, eat what you caught. And it was like such a waste because neither of us could really eat. So then my stomach calms down. We go to dinner. I get a smoothie at dinner, projectile vomit within minutes at the restaurant, in the bathroom, luckily. I mean, I had to run to the restaurant. So then I'm like, okay, I'm seasick. And then he said, I think you're land sick. I think it can carry over, which apparently is a thing. We're still having fun. We got to bond on a new level because I was able to be taken care of. I got to see like a different side, whatever. I was trying to look on the bright side. Then it's time to go home and we're in the taxi going to the airport and the, we, the driver has to continuously pull over on the side of the road and I'm throwing up on all fours on the Mexican highway or interstate, whatever it was. What? I really thought I told you about No, I've never heard about this. That's so crazy. I had no idea that happened to you. Yes. And it got to the point where we were pulling over so much, we were going to end up missing our flight. And I could not, normally I never throw up. You know this about me. I've had wild nights where I wish I could throw up to detox before going to bed to avoid a hangover. I never throw up. I was thinking that. I was like, I've actually never seen Chaz like get that sick. I don't get that sick. No. 
And, and again, it wasn't like I was drinking like the last couple days of the trip. I only was drinking like water and juice, like trying to, you know, keep things down. It wasn't like I was hungover is what I'm saying. And so the, at this point, Eric's getting concerned and he's like Googling what to do. And he was like, okay, you need to go get like, I forgot what it was, but it was a medicine that's only prescribed by a doctor. Like you can't get it over the counter. Tulum is known for their sketchy side of selling you prescription medications and like their bodegas and stuff. But it- I was going to say that's the other thing that's totally different. I don't know if it was like this a year ago when you were there, but like the entire beach road, you know, that long beach road in Tulum where all of the things to do are every like every five minutes down the road is a pharmacy now. Like there are so many pharmacies. Just prescription drugs. Yeah, they sell they'll sell you a Z pack, they'll sell you retin-A micro for your skin, they'll sell you like they'll sell you Vivance or what else did they have? They had Viagra, they had Ritalin, they had like they had opiates, like pretty intense pain pills. I wonder how much of it's real, but the things so even if I there was like some sort of motion sickness pill. Eric was like, okay, for land sickness, this is what you need. But those little pharmacies, even if we were going to buy from them, which I'm very reluctant to, they weren't anywhere around. We were so deep on the outskirts of Tulum. We were no longer in Tulum. I don't know where, like bumfuck Mexico. So Eric was like, okay, let's go to this hospital. And there's a hospital attached to a gas station. And in the gas station, there's a pharmacy I went to the gas station pharmacy, asked them for the certain medicine. They were like, you need a prescription for this. Directed me to the hospital connected to the gas station. I go in. No one speaks English, including our driver. I keep telling them how much, like I'm profusely vomiting. Like I cannot stop to the point where I feel like I'm going to pass out. Like there's nothing in my system and I can't get back in the car because I will throw up all over the man's cloth interior. I can't, I couldn't even make it like, I couldn't make it five to 10 minutes down the interstate without needing to pull over. That's how bad. And the woman in Spanish just keeps saying baby, like baby. And I'm like, I'm not pregnant. She's like, she basically just kept telling me you were pregnant. And because you were pregnant, you can, you cannot take the medication needed for land sickness. And I'm oh like, God. I'm not pregnant. And so that's the no. time I was diagnosed with pregnancy. At a- <laughs> Wait, how did you get home? What happened? We ended up, let me think back. We ended up taking something, some sort of motion sickness, something or other, and pulled over, I think, a couple more times and finally just made it and then had to run through the gates because I mean, that took a lot of time. Oh my God. Um, but I was miserable. I didn't, th- I don't think I threw up on the plane. I felt like I was just, f- I felt like I was floating though. It was like a weird high I was on from, maybe I, it was food poisoning. I don't know. Looking back to this day, I still don't know, but I never even took a pregnancy test. So I wasn't pregnant, but this woman to this day thinks that I, she probably thinks I have a beautiful child now. I don't think she thinks about that. <laughs> she thinks about it. Okay. Yeah, that was my Tulum experience. Uh, and that was the best trip you took. Anyway, stay safe out there. 
Yeah, well, that's the thing. Everyone's going to Tulum lately because well, a lot of my the friends I have that are they're vaccinated, and so now it's like a celebratory time to finally travel risk free, worry free. But now you have to worry about the crime aspect. So it's like just yeah, I, that's exactly it. Like we thought we were gonna be just like have the best time. We thought we were gonna really be able to chill because we both are recently recovered from COVID, so we have antibodies. And we were just like, cool, like, this is the time if we're going to do stuff, we should do it while we can. And so got down there, was expecting to have a great time. And it just wasn't like, it wasn't relaxing. Well, when I visit Austin, hopefully everything's thawed by then and has electricity. We will The wildest shit of my life. Like, I don't know. We're so lucky to still have power and heat. It's because we're downtown and they're trying to preserve the... They're trying to preserve power at like these key buildings downtown and we just happen to be close enough to one of them that like our power is probably not going to go out. Well, I will tweet out your address after this and let everyone who needs to come over and you can house them. I mean, that's the thing. We've picked up friends like we we're kind of running like headquarters out of here for people to like come and warm up and work and like, you know, do what they need to do. So we've got a full house right now. But yeah. I look like shit. We both do. I just got an update from my building about the power outage. Let's see what it is. Um, okay, we're on a boil water notice now, so just it just keeps coming in. What the hell? Well, okay, my weekend was better. Better than mine. <laughs> yeah, that makes yeah. sense. I just I chilled with friends, met a lot of new cool people. We did a photo with that. With two guys, who are they? The they are very nice men who are. I'm recently acclimating myself to a new group of friends, and they happen to be in it. And they're very chill, very sweet. Had a lot of fun. Um, it did come to my attention. I do have an update on our other little guy. I went on a date with. <laughs> Wait. Can I watch these live? Because I didn't, I, I was so stressed in the airport when you were sending these to me and I wasn't like, I was not paying attention to anything except just like survival at that point. Can I watch this right now? So if you promise to edit it out so it doesn't play so people can identify and or like he can confirm it's him. Okay. Okay. I will. I promise to edit it out, but I'm going to. Before Katie watches it, and this is a good preface for you, Katie. It was brought to my attention that that guy who I respectfully and kindly dismissed, the one who came on a little too strong, um, has written and recorded a song that just so happens to be about a one that got away situation, like someone who he came, who he freaked out and came on too strong with, and they blocked him. And in the song, it talks about. Um, this girl, I guess who he really liked and her friend. And it's just pretty obvious. It's about the situation. Me. It's pretty obvious. It's about me. So this is the next step of how things are progressing. There's now a song. But to be fair, he did write this and then put it on the internet for the public to see, like knowing that people would see it. Like, it's not like this is a secret song that he wrote and wanted to keep private. Like he literally, he put it on the internet. So yeah, we're going to talk about it. (laughs) <laughs> and I cannot confirm that it's about me. I just think it is a no, we very can't confirm or deny anything. However, it just seems situationally to be 
very similar. And here I am. I'm going to listen to it now. Let's go. In honor of Valentine's Day, I am posting a song that I wrote about a girl who I ended up pushing away because I tried to explain to her how I felt. (laughs) And apparently I was a little too persistent and she blocked me. It's okay. But it's a great song. Okay. So I watched the second one, but I have thoughts to share after the first one. First of all, I can't understand a word he's saying when he's singing, but his tone is beautiful. He's got actually a lovely singing voice. Oh, the dub is back. It's pigeon, Chaz. You posted a video. I saw that you did this on the podcast Instagram. It looks like a pigeon. So here's the thing. It's really not, though. It is a uh, dove. But yeah, he's got a great voice. I'm telling you, he's a really good looking guy. He's very talented. Um, he comes from, his parents were like famous. That he comes, He's a great guy. He just needs to take a breather and do some self-reflection. But he, yeah, Talented. I love that this moved him to song. If it if it is what it's about, I love that it it elicited enough emotion from him to move him to sing. And he's got a gorgeous voice. Okay, let's do part two. Here we go. Okay, part two, the chorus. All right, that was part two. Um, he was really vibing to it. Yeah. So if you're gonna make music, you do gotta be vibing to your own music. Otherwise no one else will. And we were vibing too. Like we were we were swaying, we were dancing. It was nice. It's catchy. I I love nothing more than to be someone's muse. So I you know what I hope it is about me because it's flattering. Yeah. It reminds me of so I went on a date a while back with this old this guy who's like in his mid thirties, late thirties, really Another a good looking guy, very sweet guy. It was a fun date. We got our tarot cards read together. They told me that um, the love of my life was not him, and he was like very against this reading. And um, I I thought it was hilarious, but it was clearly accurate. But after the date, he sent me a vlog of his feedback telling me he had a lot of fun. Do you remember? Now it's all coming back to you, isn't it? Yes, the vlog with the feedback. It was a very long video recap of him just saying he enjoyed himself, which was sweet. And I I was like, okay, he's a little older. That's, I'm not, I mean, I like watching vlogs, but it's, I've never had anyone to send me that. But then he kept sending more and more. This was the guy with the Kanye song, right? Yes. <sighs> One of the vlogs included him lip syncing. He ruined that song for me. I cannot listen to it now without thinking about that video and just cringing and being upset. I remember him bopping his head and like theatrically mouthing the words if she just bleached her asshole. Yeah, it was about, it's like the, if I fuck this model and she just bleached her asshole, like, and he's like, and lip singing to that and then sends it to you. That guy's weird. I just wanted to know what provoked the behavior. Like, was that supposed to entice me to see him and party with him or like, I don't know. It was one of those had to be their things, but I had so many recordings and blogs from that guy. Does he still send them? No, but I did keep, we did talk to each other like last month briefly really just to catch oh yeah that's when he said 
I miss you and your girls. And I had no idea what that meant. Oh, yeah. I totally think he was talking about your boobs. But I wore like a turtleneck on the date. He literally, I met this guy once and it was cold. Like, I remember having many layers. Like, I don't think my boobs were out. You don't think he like noticed them? Did he meet any of your friends? No, I hung out with him once. And what else could that possibly mean? I miss you and your girls? This is the thing. I have no idea. Bizarre. All of it's bizarre. But, um, yeah, I just love being amused. <laughs> Yeah, guys, again, ignore Katie's voice quality because it's not the regular mic. Please bear with me. We're doing our best to record and get our episodes out on time because we know consistency is key if we want to keep racking up those 19 five-star reviews, baby. Oh, yeah. Please, please just give in to me, humor me, and subscribe to Spotify and the Apple Pod podcast. and leave a little rating and review. Yeah, please give us a five-star rating. Please leave us a review if you listen to it. It doesn't have to be much. Just say it's the best podcast you've ever listened to. That that means so much to us. It makes us so happy. Yeah, it it truly does. We're not really trying to make money off of this by any means. It still is just our little hobby, but we like the feedback and also we like the attention and the validation. Validation is great. That's why we all have Instagrams. That's why we all all have social media. That's why we do everything we do. Oh, that was one of my topics. I was going to say, isn't your like social media like folder in your phone (laughs) called validation? It is. I have different folders for like to organize my apps. Like validation is all of my social media apps. And dick is all of my dating apps, even (laughs) (laughs) even though I am like sexually very slow i just think it's ironic to call it that i'm not developmentally delayed (laughs) i just mean i move slow she doesn't know what dick is i'm not a very promiscuous person but i think it's funny to call that folder dick Um, (laughs) and last but not least stonks is my robin hood and my chase and my venmo back to validation Everything we do is for validation. We do I don't I think we do very little for ourselves. I don't know. I think we differ on this a lot. We do. Cuz here's the thing. Like you said every time I pop on the pod with you, I look like basically shit and I'm just like you don't look like shit. You just look greasy. Yeah, but this is like when I'm home alone, I'm not wasting my fancy perfumes that are ex- expensive which I wear indigo it's like 100 it's not that expensive but I'm not wasting my best products or I'm not taking the time to put on makeup or like put hot rollers in my hair to sit at home alone this is my time to marinate in my oils (laughs) like you're a piece of fish I have a drawer full of packed to the brim with lingerie and I'm not going to wear it when I'm home alone because it's not as comfortable as my oversized Playboy t-shirt and my sweatpants. I feel like ev- I love putting an effort for myself to feel good about myself, to be more confident. Cause, but I think it's, so, it's a huge basis is because people perceive me how I want to be when I do that. But if there's no one around to perceive me, then I'm just kind of existing in a hair mask, a face mask, and a bunch of cozy sweatpants. Yeah, and I I fully, like, I lean into that too sometimes, especially 
right now I'm full sweatpants lifestyle because there is nothing going on outside that I need to be a part of. However, I take a little bit of a different view with validation and all of that because I think like the first person that I always need to please is myself and make me like if I'm happy with how I look and how I feel then that's going to project outward into how other people perceive me and it's going to like I'm going to come across as way more confident if I feel good and for me that means that I don't save those things like I will fully like (laughs) this is funny I do this a lot actually I vacuum my house in like just like really hot underwear, like a cute thong and, and heels. Like I will literally put on heels to vacuum my house just because it makes me happy. It makes me feel sexy. I also, this goes back to like the, you know, the waxing, the at-home waxing thing. Yes. Something that I do for me that just makes me feel really good. It's not a thing where I'm like, oh, I have to get a wax before I like see my man or like, oh, I don't wax or I don't shave when I don't have a boyfriend or whatever it is. Like, no, like I do that for me because it just makes me feel really good. And I also, I wear my perfume every day. I wear my nice perfumes every day because they make me feel good. And I like, I want to smell them because first and foremost, those are for me. I think it could go back to, again, me not being in the present enough, too, because I feel like when I'm alone, I don't want to waste my perfume on of no one's there to smell it. I would rather save it so I have it longer to use when I'm going out. And I don't wear heels at home because I'm not um, a sociopath. Yeah, that's that one is fair. I'll take so, that. One. But I don't even uh, granted I don't even wear heels when I leave the house. Like the other I'll put on I mean you wear heels is when you wear kitten heels to soul cycle. I will wear my kitten heels to do a cycling class. Wait, I know I'm trying to figure out a way how to explain it. It's like I think if there's no one if there's no audience or anyone to appreciate the effort I'm putting in, then I might as well put effort into my self like my skincare, my, like I'm someone who I'll, I'll, I like, I like to save it for later. Like, like instead of putting makeup on, if I'm home alone, I'm like, this is a great opportunity to do something for my skin. Or like, I don't want to wear anything sexy if I'm home alone, because then I won't have it for later if someone happens to come over, even though that's barely happening an unexpected stranger pops in well, no I'm trying I'm really having a hard time I can't articulate it like I don't want to waste the effort because I would rather put more effort into the longevity like the skin so when I do wear makeup it looks even better or like my instead of like doing my hair and looking cute I'd rather put in a hair mask so when it is time to go out in public and have my hair done it'll look even healthier I think I all of that like is totally valid and I agree with a lot of it like I don't necessarily put on makeup if I'm not leaving my house for the day or anything like that but the little things like the perfume and like I really love to like dress up and put together an outfit like that's a treat for me because of working at soul cycle I just wear spandex every day to work and like a sweatshirt um so I get really excited even if I don't have any plans on my days off most of the time I will put on like a cute dress or like some jeans and like a top that like I just feel good in and it doesn't matter if I don't see anybody I know that day like if I'm just running errands around town or like whatever it is like it just makes me feel 
good about myself to like see myself dressed up. When okay, I different perspective too. If I get dressed up but have nowhere to go, it just makes me kind of sad because then I'm or give me FOMO because then I'm like, wow, I look so cute. People should be seeing this right now. See, and I think that's another thing that I do that is very different. And I know that a lot of people don't do this, but it's something I feel so strongly about is I, if I'm like dressed up and like looking cute, but I don't have plans and like, you know, nobody is like free to hang out or whatever. Like I will go by myself and just like take myself out and I'll have a cute little afternoon. I'll do some window shopping. I'll, you know, run errands if I need to. And then a lot of times I'll just bring my laptop and go, you know, do work from like a a cute little wine bar or a little restaurant and just get myself like a snack and a glass of wine. And I do that like all the time. It's one of actually my favorite things to do. I like, I don't know, I've said it before. I like myself a lot and like I enjoy my own company. So I love to just like get dressed up because people should see it. Like my outfit is a gift to the world. Me looking this cute is a gift to the world. And you never know like what kinds of things you're going to run into if you just bring a book to a bar and sit down and see what happens? Well, the only thing is with that, especially with New York, it's that's much easier to do in Austin. People are, are it's because it's warmer, it's friendlier. Yeah. I, mean, I think in COVID and like where there's obviously no indoor dining in New York right now, that's very difficult. But I used to do it in New York all the time. Indoor dining's back. But um, no, I'm, I do definitely, I do, I have my solo date days, but it's normally just me going on a run to the plant district, picking out a new plant, going back, going thrifting. It's like, I don't, I I still can't muster up the courage to go to a bar alone. But now that indoor dining's open, I've made Start during the day. Like don't take yourself to dinner right away. Like that you can work up to. But what I used to do, because I have a weird weekend, again, because I work at SoulCycle, but I've always had Sunday Mondays off. And, you know, Mondays is usually when everyone I know goes back to work or has school and like, nobody's like hanging out and going to brunch on a Monday. But that was my day to just kind of take myself out. I would walk from my apartment in Bushwick down to Cafe Gia back when that was still around. Oh, miss that place. Um, and I would literally just take myself to brunch every Monday and like bring a book sit at the bar. Like I always recommend like sit at the bar if you're by yourself because you can talk to the bartenders or like the people working there and they're usually really nice. Um, And just like take yourself out. It feels so good. And then it's not like, oh, it's dinner. So there's like pressure, like, you know, it's nighttime and you feel like, oh, sad that you're alone. It's just like, no, I'm like out in the world enjoying my favorite breakfast, like looking at this beautiful morning. Well, the thing is, I always have like someone who's down to hang too and then it just feels like I'm always gonna opt to bring the friend but also I think there's something good to learn because I love my solitude but I think there's it's healthy to sometimes opt just to do the solo date alone too but also back to you have to you have to remember too most of my time spent at home I am not clothed so that kind of coincides with you saying feeling good about yeah sexy and all that most of the time I'm not wearing clothes am I wearing comfy sexy but comfy granny panties yeah and my bra usually looks like it's a borderline like nursing bra some lace on it um yeah but I still like I'm constantly checking out myself in the mirror parading around my house in underwear I wear my sweats because it's freezing right now because I'm on camera with you but you know normally I wouldn't 
I think there's a balance. Come here, you're just wandering naked around my house all day, laying in my bed dry brushing. Yeah, I don't even have underwear on when I'm at your place. You don't realize how lucky you are, Katie. It doesn't feel lucky in this moment. I don't feel lucky. But yeah, I just guess my point of it is I'm always curious if someone is the type of person to spray expensive perfume on on themselves on a night alone in or not. And you and I, that is one thing we differ on because I'm obsessed with preservation and preparation and everything I do is, yes, I'm enjoying the present moment, but it's my motive is. I will save my nice stuff for later. I will work on the texture of my skin and hair now while I'm alone and can cover myself in my oils for no one to see. So when they do see me, I will blow up. I have to see you You like this. get the pleasure of seeing me this way. It's I look at it as being in like a cocoon, like a metamorphosis. Like this is my dormant phase. Chrysalis? I heard the word chrysalis earlier. And if I ever do have children, which not really on my to-do list anytime soon. I think I like the word chrysalis. You like the word chrysalis, not the name. I would call it chrysalis. Chrissy. To me, sounds like, I mean, I know this word and I know that it's not spelled this way, but if you just say it enough times, it sounds like you're trying to smash the names Chris and Alyssa together. Like you ruined it. You just ruined it. So Yeah, it's not a good name. I'm going to put it out there. I don't love it. It's not. Chrysalis. (laughs) Chrysalis. <laughs> it sounds like two separate names that you were like, I like Christy and also Alyssa. Had I had my Tulum baby in that gas station, its name would have been Chrysalis. What's the what's the Spanish word for Chrysalis? Also Chrysalis. I really want to talk about pet peeves because what you whatever you wrote in here is really funny. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what made me think of that. I think I was watching I've been watching the Sopranos. When people say hola chica, when people say in quotation marks, hobbit. <laughs> yeah, you ever just meet them? Annoying phrases are good eats and fixin'. Ew, I won't even repeat those. This is so specific. You know people, there's always that girl, or it's like a girl or a gay guy, who you work with or you don't know that well, but they always greet you by saying hola chica and neither of you is Latina or Latino. Like there's no Spanish bone in your body or Mexican, but they say hola chica and it just makes me just got back from Tulum. Didn't yeah, well that's fine to say it to if, if someone says it to you there, fine. If you say it to someone, I hate you. <laughs> When we got back, when we were in Dallas, like when that Uber driver finally picked us up and we could get to the hotel, <laughs> we kept being, accidentally being like, ah, oh, gracias, like, instead of saying thank you. And like, we get in the car and we're like, hola. Saying gracias is like what a white dad at a Mexican restaurant says when they give him the complimentary salsa. He says, gracias, like to try to be crazy. You, But don't bring that shit back. Like, leave. I, just, I didn't even think about it. And I kept being like, oh, we got to stop doing that. Because <laughs> we kept being like, hola, gracias. You know, it has the same energy of the scene in Twilight that's gone viral lately. When, um, what's what's the wolf guy's name? Not Edward. Jacob. When Jacob says, Bella, where have you been, loca? Like calling her loca. Same energy as hola, Native American, not not Mexican. Just 
and what what were my other pet peeves? Like when people are trying to be funny and they're describing like if they're disheveled that day or sh- or if someone's short, they're like, oh yeah, it looked like a hobbit or he looks like a hobbit. It's like the same people who unironically think minions are funny. I can't explain it. Oh yeah, those people are annoying. I don't love that. People who think minions are funny, those are the same as Disney adults, which is my pet peeve. Disney adults I cannot stand. It's just, something developmentally is damaged mm-hmm. in your brain if you're an adult female who has ever referred to yourself as a Disney princess. Like if you're like, oh my god, I'm I'm like so Jasmine. They're like, I'm I'm Snow White. Like those women. I don't trust them. I'm not going to lie. I do look like Aurora Sleeping Beauty. I look like we have the same bone structure and color. It's just you have long blonde hair. That is the only thing. No, it's the bone structure. But anyway. Missy, you're doing the thing and I hate it. Stop it. Adios, chica. (laughs) And yeah, I don't like when people call beer booze. Ugh, it's so gross. I don't like when people call pizza za. I really like to call pizzas off. I like that. It You make my skin crawl when you do that. I like it. No, you put up some other weird shit in here. Good eats and fixes. People say that. Like, I hear it a lot on the Food Network. Why does it bother you? Fixins? It's just Southern. They're just doing a Southern thing. It's like trying so hard to be Southern. I just think I don't like The other thing. Things don't bother me at all. Fixins? Ugh. Good eats? <laughs> You you embrace your southern roots more than me, maybe. And I'm more southern than you geographically. You just were born further in the south. Right. The deep, deep swamp. Oh, and I also don't like when people who have no Italian heritage or background or anything pronounce Italian foods with a strong Italian accent, even though they fully are American speak English. Like when people say mozzarella or pancetta. Oh, no, no, no. I I hate that too. Even if you have Italian heritage, like if you are not from Italy, you personally, not your family, if you are not from Italy, do not go around New York being like, oh, the rigot, like call it ricotta. You can't have a situational, like, occasional accent. You sound like a, a douche. You sound so pretentious. Ew, you sound like an idiot. My, one of my exes in New York was super New York Italian, and he would do that, and he would, like, uh, it was so strange. It was, like, these specific words that he would pronounce, and it was all food words that he would pronounce so Italian. And I was like, you're not even saying all the letters in this word. Is this also the guy who cried on the couch one time because you were giving me too much attention? Probably. I don't remember that, but probably. Yeah, I have blocked out that entire relationship, to be totally honest. I don't, I do not remember a single thing other than him pissing me off when he would say, Rigot. But that's what I mean. It's, it's telling, it's very representative of who they are as a person. Yeah, if it's, if it's a guy doing that, just douchebag. Yeah, he's not a douchebag. He's a sweet guy, but like, you don't need that. Like, you're better than that. Just, you're done. Walk away. Agree. Okay, so what are your pet peeves? You have so many. I can probably think of yours. <laughs> I have to think about it. I will definitely come back to you with a strong list because I have a shit ton of pet peeves. I wish I, I could have made a list of just yours. <laughs> Disney adults is definitely a big one. Ooh, oh my gosh. I'm thinking of such a good one. I cannot stand to have wet hands. Like, 
I wash my hands in the bathroom. You know, some people, I feel like it's a guy thing. It's mostly men that do this because they're disgusting. But guys will just like wash their hands and then leave the bathroom with dripping hands. And like they'll they'll be damp still. Okay, personal attack. First of all, 37% of our listeners are men. It is disgusting. I know we have, I was just saying we have a really high percentage of male listeners. Hey boys, here's a tip for you. Dry your fucking hands. If you, I cannot stand it. I want my hands to be so dry after I wash them. Like it is a huge pet peeve of mine. I don't, do you have that? My pet peeve is having dry hands. I love my hands to be dripping, freezing, slimy, cold. I like to leave a trail of moisture. You do not. I use my hair to dry my hands most of the time, so they're never fully dry. Horrifying. You know this about me. I guess I do, but, like, you're right. Your hands are always damp. You don't understand. This is, like, the most disgusting thing to me, and it's it's awful when your boyfriend does it. Oh, my God. Corey used to do this all the time. But they will, like, not dry their hands after they wash them, and then they'll come over and touch you with their nasty, clammy, wet, cold hands. And, like, it is like physically disgusting to me. I don't know. I just think I'm impatient. I don't like to fully dry them, but also my hands, another thing, youthful. Sometimes, you know, with older, with the elderly, a lot of nurses keep them slightly damp before they moisturize them to lock in the moisture. You have to stop talking about moisture. You have to stop. <laughs> Please but this stop. is a moisture pod. So why, why would I not on our moisture pod? Like loud chewing bother you. It doesn't bother me, but I know a lot of people are really annoyed by like, loud so something it's really sad my again my childhood best friend Sarah can vouch for this growing up my mom she did not grow up with much and she was one of 10 kids so anytime they had food she had to quickly eat like ravenously like carnally almost like scarf it down so my mom eats I don't want to use the word sloppy but like with her mouth open and kind of like huffs food still just because it was like a survival tactic. And it bothered me growing up. So when we would go out to eat, I would sit separately from my parents most of the time. Really? That's how bad it was. And looking back, I hate that. I wish I could have gone to, to a child psychologist or something to work through that. But it, it got to the point where it was debilitating my relationship with my mom because if food was involved, I could not handle being in her vicinity, which is terrible. And a lot of the time I would either sit at the very end of the table if I didn't have a friend with me, or if I had Sarah with me or another friend, we would get our own table. And I would have to like, wherever my ear was closer to my mom or someone else chewing loudly, I would have to put my hand on my cheek like this and have one finger in that ear to close it. I'm still kind of like that. If I'm in an irritable mood or slightly stressed out and someone is chewing around me my teeth they start grinding I I don't think you're the only person who has that though because I feel like I come across it every once in a while like on Twitter or something people will be like really mad about people chewing food and it's never bothered me but it definitely like there are other things that really bother me oh my god mouth breathers I hate them also live for mouth breathers no They're I hate any kind of air being blown into my face I cannot stand being breathed on how close are you standing to mouth breathers? Maybe this is your fault. No, that's just more like a, a weird intimacy thing. I just hate being breathed on. But 
people who breathe through their mouths make me uncomfortable. I feel like they're always like making weird noises. They're always just like, and then it's gross. <laughs> I feel like as a child, I was told that if you breathe through your mouth, you eat like eight spiders a year or something when you sleep. And ever since I heard that, I've just always. I like trained myself to breathe through my nose no matter what. So I hate mouth breathing now. All right. Well, we had to get something out there, guys. So just bear with us. Next week, it'll be more, it'll be less chaotic and more audibly pleasing. Yeah, I promise next week I'll have my microphone. I'm sorry I didn't have it this week, but we do what we can out here in this Arctic tundra of Texas. We are nothing but resilient. You know what? You're right. The Arctic yeah. Tantra of Austin. The Austin. <laughs> no. It's true. I wish I could show you. I wish I could like have a video on here of what it looks like outside in Texas right now. It looks crazy. That's the thing. It doesn't seem like such a big deal. Any other any other place, this would be a normal day. But in Texas, this is the end of the world. Well, okay. Also into the podcast. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Please stop.